It's the hardest time I've had remembering a movie title since Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. We watched I Do Not Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all... Everyone? Yes, in dildos. That's yes. not true. That is not true. Faces. I almost made it through that whole thing. I did not, though. <laughs> Flubbed just a little I bit. I just flooded a little that's, bit. That's we'll lead that down. I, I believe it's I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, damn it. What did I say? <laughs> I do feel. I do oh, not. because I accidentally. Oh, I do not. Oh, it is contracted. Well, dang nabbit. Now I have to start. <laughs> All right, take 45 on that <laughs> intro. No, we'll just we'll just roll of it because it makes my point that we watched uh, 2017's I do not fe- I don't, don't feel at home in this world anymore with uh, Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood, which uh, we just must have done on the Market Podcast. I think we just read a a little story about Melanie Linsky who um, shouted out Portland and said, oh, I loved being there when I filmed this movie. And she um, she shouted us out. And so I had not, I love her ever since she was in uh, Heavenly Creatures way back uh, with, with Kate Winslet. So I've always had a crush on Melanie Linsky, but I never did see this movie, but I thought it was an interesting that Melanie Linsky is from New Zealand. She was in Peter Jackson's first movie, Heavenly Creatures. And um, that was a Peter Jackson movie, wasn't it? Heavenly Creatures, Brian? I've not seen it. Um, but then um, Elijah Wood then goes on to work with Peter Jackson in The Hobbit. So it's a little, a weird Peter Jackson uh, reunion there. Um, but Mark, why don't, oh, and before, so let's do, let's do, before we get into it, I'm a mess. We're recording at a different hour. I'm all <laughs> on a different day, d- on a different day. I'm discombobulated. There's an open flame on the table over here with one of Mark's wonderful concrete torches that he made. Um, are we recording? We are yes, recording. <laughs> we are recording. That's, that one's my job. That's so, uh, yeah. So that's, that's going well. Although the sentiment does, does sum up what I think the rest of this podcast might be like. I'm mentally falling apart. Um, but I was going to say, I would recommend watching this movie. I walked into it completely blind. I had not seen it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't read the Netflix. It's on Netflix. So you can watch it if you have Netflix. I didn't, didn't even read the little caption of what it was about. And I walked in blind and I had a great time watching this movie. I really, really liked it. So go watch it if you uh, haven't seen it and then you can come back and and listen to, listen to our thoughts on it. But uh, Mark, I'll hand it over to you because this was a, a Mark pick. Yeah. Uh, So Nick and I watched this right after it first was released on, uh, on Netflix, which I think was 2017. I so, so I think we watched it in like 2018 sometime. And we didn't know anything else about it. I'm an Elijah Wood fan. Uh, and we didn't know that it was filmed in Portland either. It's it's not overtly Portland. No, it is. Uh, it was uh, hidden. It's, it's, uh, it's subtly <laughs> Hidden Portland. down to the Virginia license plate. They snuck onto that car by 99E. <laughs> and and uh, they literally have like... Four scenes inside the grocery outlet that we shop in. <gasps> really? And, and when uh, there's there's one clip of them coming out of it, I'm like, that is our grocery. Is that outlet. the one that has the roof? Yeah, the... in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I'm like that is that's our grocery. There's no question. That's 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 where we shop. Wow. And, and uh, looked it up, and sure enough, it was filmed in Portland. We're like, oh, this makes the movie even better. Uh, so yeah, there's there's uh, a lot of subtle Portland in there. There's no big sweeping, uh, you know, drives across the Broadway Bridge. Or- and then there was almost no signage for street. There was one that I could make out the 99E, but I couldn't make anything else out of it. There was a couple <clears throat> a couple of things, and I think they even changed one of these signs because one of the scenes at the very beginning she's at this intersection and it just says chaplain real big and then later when they're looking at a gps for where her computer is you can see chaplain so i'm wondering if that's 
in the Virginia town or whatever yeah. that they had to match that or whatever. But I thought that was an odd thing to, so unless there's a chaplain around here, uh, like there, a major, it was a be. major, it was like a major road. It was there like an 82nd be. Avenue. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, the, the writer at, who is also the director, um, uh, I don't have his name up in front of me. Uh, of this whole movie? Of this movie. Peter Jack. No. No. Of this movie. <laughs> oh, of this movie. This movie. Sorry. Not the, I'm still back like in Heavenly Creatures. What? Uh, Macon Blair. Yeah. Uh, he wrote it. Uh, he, uh, he's from like Virginia, but he wrote it about a Texas town. Okay. And uh, there were a lot of tax incentives and uh, there was another connection that he had to Portland. And so they decided. Well, one to of the, and we'll, and we'll get to him. What I was kind of looking up some of the characters and some of the actors and one of them, they go to this wonderful I think it's called the Aurora Salvage something yeah. or other yard, which I totally oh, yeah. want to go to because it looked oh, that place is great. It looked amazing. Uh, it's but very much like a hippo hardware. Oh yeah, yeah. So I I live I well I, I no longer live in now that I've moved out of Aurora, I will have to go back, <laughs> go back and, and visit. Visit. Um, Mark, did you say that he wrote it based on a Texas town? Yeah, in in the story, it was it was based in Texas. Oh, okay. So, so then, like, uh, it was because of the tax breaks that he decided on Portland. Um, well, one of the the guy that plays the old codger in that Aurora Mills Mall is one of the producers of this movie who grew up here. Yeah, they they used a lot of local talent. To, okay, uh, I only looked in, at him in casting, and um, th- I one of the primary reasons was was the tax incentive. There was a, another like serendipitous thing of like one of his producers was here or, or something like that. Um, I'll, I'll find the article that I, that I was. Okay. Reading. Well, and, and, and before all the, all the nerds who are listening to this, this podcast <laughs> who are shouting at me for calling um, heavenly creatures, Peter Jackson's first movie, it was not his first movie. He had already done the Valley bad taste, meet the feebles and dead alive, but it was he Peter Jackson. <laughs> Anyway, now that the now that that's all cleared up, um, um, do we say where folks can watch this? Uh, I, I yeah, I mentioned it was on on Netflix, okay. so you can watch it. You yeah. can watch it there. Um, anything else you guys want to say? But kind of before we, I <laughs> this is kind of a side a sidestep, but can you think of other movies that follow kind of this title form of there? It's a full convoluted yeah. sentence kind of like the, the only other one i've thought of is we need to talk about kevin do you remember that movie <laughs> or anyway. what the bleed do we know i guess is the same idea but it's you know what i mean this weird convoluted sentence structure i believe this title even has a period is like properly punctuated <laughs> because like there's only one capital and uh, as soon I, as we stop recording, I'm going to come up with like four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, now that I've cleared up the Peter Jackson thing, all the nerds can be shouting at me for missing all of the obvious <laughs> ones that are like that. <laughs> um, one of the producers was, uh, they had the little title cards at the beginning of all the different production films. And one was Bonneville Films. So I'm wondering if it was the, yeah. that's the production company of that Ye- one guy who was the actor. Yeah. Maybe. So Neil Kopp was uh, one of the producers of this. And he's from Portland. Okay. Uh, so the uh, the writer director was uh, doing another film filmed around Astoria in Clackamas County, which is how Blair found himself in Mississippi Records, and also how he wound up making "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore" in Portland. Huh. Oh. oh that's interesting. I wonder what other movie he was making. Um. As we look into that in real time. I know. What I, year? Oh, yeah, go ahead, Brian. I was going to say that I have a theory that, um, so in the, in the credits of this movie, they thanked uh, Portlandia. I saw and that. And after looking at every single credited actor's uh, resume on IMDb, um, I, my theory is that uh, they literally like went to the Portlandia set for extras and we're like, Hey, anybody here today, if we could borrow like an hour of your time, we're doing this other movie over here because every, 90% of the uh, local talent in this film all have Portlandia. Wow. Hilarious. Wow. 
two thirds of this podcast have a Portlandia credit. (laughs) (laughs) I do not. And um, his friend Jeremy Salnier was filming in 2014. The film Green Room was okay. uh, Is based in Portland. Yeah, and and that's I hear that's great movie connection. Maybe we should start doing good movies like this one. So yeah, if you haven't seen, go ahead. Watching this movie, I'm sure like it, 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 my brain wanted to like categorize it in terms of like, oh, this movie is like X meets X directed by X. Did, did, did you guys have that going on in your heads too? Not had you now, had you seen or known anything about this before, uh, Brian? No, no, okay. No, not at all. Um, I went in completely blind like you and then like three quarters of the way through, I, I, it kept parts of it kept feeling like different movies to me. Um, but the best that I came up with was like, it felt like uh, Big Lebowski meets Napoleon Dynamite as directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> That's pretty decent because this does every once in a while, like when you just get settled in, I was telling, uh, I was, when I first got here, uh, Mark and I were talking about it and this is one of the movies I've, I only watched this once. So I didn't do the thing where I watch it and then I wait a month and then right before the show, I'll watch it again. So I was both disappointed that I had to keep reminding myself to take notes about it because I kept on getting sucked in, but yeah. then, um, but then I kept getting sucked in, which was good. But I, I kind of wish I would have would have been able to watch it without taking notes. But every every time you would get settled in, something would happen that like was just shocking, <laughs> and like you didn't see it, and then it takes a turn from there, and. So uh, who wants to kind of run down the the overview of this? Go for it, Brian. <laughs> um, okay, we'll see what I remember. Nice. Um, okay, so the movie, let's see, opens. Uh, we are introduced to our uh, main protagonist, um, uh, played by Melanie, and I don't remember. Oh, Ruth, Ruth. I think Ruth. Ruth. Ruth, right? Yes. Uh, so we have Ruth. And uh, we're introduced to her day-to-day life. She works as a, what, like a, a nurse, a nurse technician or something. Yeah. In the medical industry. And we kind of see her life and the, the doldrums of like, you know, the, her daily routine and going home. She lives alone in, in a small little house. And it was just a montage um, of bad things happening. Like people cutting in front of you, like those day-to-day things, someone cut in front of you a line. And then there was the 15 yeah. items or less where they had like, you know, 600 things, like all of those little things. There was like a montage of everything sucks. The racist old lady dying on her watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, any last words? And she's like, um, mm, no, I don't. She, she didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and, and uh, uh then we uh she so she comes home from work one day to find that uh her house has been broken into um and uh they had stolen her laptop um her uh inherited grandmother's fancy silverware and uh her medications um and then the police arrive and they they do a police report and, and look around and they're you know, very routine and they're out the door and say, all right, well, if we find anything, we'll be in touch. And, and she's like, well, okay. Do you, do you call me if, if uh, you find something and they're like, Oh yeah, we, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Um, and, and um, then she uh, takes it upon herself to sort of uh, try and track. No, I, I, that's what it is. Uh, she gets a, um, she has that app, uh, an app on her phone that locates uh, her computer. If it's turned on, uh, will ping its location using Wi-Fi networks, I guess. Um, and then she gets a ping, and it's uh, you know a couple miles away near so, Chaplin um, Avenue, the, Chaplin the Avenue famed Portland actual. Chaplin Avenue. <laughs> yep. Uh, so she, well, she and up to, to I don't not to interrupt, but up till this point, yeah. uh, and especially if you know Melanie Linsky, and most people I think would know her from Two and a Half Men. She played I think the neighbor that was kind of obsessed with Charlie Sheen's character. But uh, throughout this movie, she's kind of a not a sad sack per se, but like not she doesn't speak up and she just kind of lets things go on. She's very passive and very kind of aw shucks, you know that yeah. sort of that sort of character. I, I read that the director uh, wrote this uh, as a in mind as a companion piece to falling down. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I can see that parallels now. Yeah. Um, so she, she gets, uh, Oh, during this time and part of her day to day, she, she goes door to door, um, because 
she had um, actually taken a, a footprint from her backyard um, where the person had broken in. They left a footprint in the mud and she did a plaster cast of it. Which it I thought was really smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and um, it had like a distinctive duct tape where it's like the shoe was being held together. So it could probably be easily identified. Um, and she, she went door to door in her neighborhood asking if they'd seen any suspicious activity. And she had um, um, come to meet her neighbor, um, Elijah Wood. Uh, do you remember anyone remember his character's name? Uh, Tony, I wrote down, but I probably will Tony. just keep calling him Elijah. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and he plays a very quirky character who feels like he could have been from one of those movies like Garden State or yeah. Amelie or Napoleon. I was going to ask ask this question now uh when when you talk to serious actors and i think uh elijah wood is is very good in this and and about his craft he's serious about it and so there's always what they call the actor secret where it's not something that's on the page or in the movie but the actor is like well this happened in this character's past and that's what's informing the behavior you know it's kind of internal so i was wondering if you guys had to say what was elijah wood's actor's secret in this to try to describe why his character was the way, I mean, cause he's very quirky, like we said, yeah. but it's a very specific quirky. Yeah. So he, he did martial arts, a lot of martial arts. And so I feel like somebody got hurt in his past and he has internalized that if he had only been able to combat the person with nunchucks and a, a throwing star then he would have been the victor the hero <laughs> of that journey of that situation that and, is and perfect. so he's he's whole like he is going to be the hero right and he knows that like and he's training that and the reason that. that's that's perfect is because that also describes <clears throat> his demeanor outside of like the nunchuck stuff where he doesn't doesn't really know how to relate to other people but like in that same way where that guy you knew whose garage was covered with bruce lee stuff and like right. that's all he knew how to talk about and be about yeah he wasn't in his house it, he was in the backyard uh bench pressing yeah you know? <laughs> he, he's also very much on the spectrum yeah. yeah 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 so yeah we were introduced to him um and well we saw him before because he was walking his dog kevin <laughs> speaking <laughs> of we need to talk about kevin kevin his dog um kept pooping on melanie linsky's lawn and she it was a montage of that too as she kept putting out a do not poop sign but it was just a, a picture of poop with a line through it and so that becomes some dialogue when she confronts elijah wood for having his dog um poop on her lawn and not clean it up yeah. And so she eventually, um, uh, once she knows where her laptop is, uh, she recruits uh, Elijah to come with her, knowing that he has this um, uh, the, the, these uh, weaponry skills. Um, so he brings like a, a mace uh, or a flail <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a weapon along. <laughs> Um, and and uh, it looks like the the house that they pull up to where her computer is pinging um, is is like uh, the the local um, flop house um, for for sort of hipsters uh, <laughs> and uh, you know it's it's uh, four guys uh, or three guys and a girl or something living in there and uh, they kind of bust in and it's a recurring theme through the movie that. Um, Elijah Wood, whenever he gets into a fight, um, he, the person ends up doing something that he's fighting, ends up doing something and they end up uh, like uh, maiming themselves. Oh, it funny. Looks, you're it right. It, it makes it look like that it's Elijah Wood who's just being a badass and kicking everyone. Uh, yeah, because he swings the mace, but then the guy grabs the mace from him like very easily and then accidentally ends up getting a mace, one of those spiky balls right in the face. Not like the spray yeah. mace, but like a medieval mace. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, so they end up getting her computer back. And uh, of course, they find out that um, those were not the people who stole her computer, that they, they bought it uh, from a, a guy named Sin, or do you remember? I don't remember. It's a weird name they wrote down in an address. I did like, said, yeah, so they had, they had Storm, uh, Elijah and, and Ruth 
you know, get past the guy at the doorstep because he accidentally maces himself. Then they burst in and there's all this confusion and the guy's bleeding and they start yelling and, and there's kind of chaos and Elijah Wood throws a throwing star at the wall and everyone freaks out. And then he starts throwing little firecrackers or something like that. And <laughs> that was great. And that was, it was so funny. And then, so they end up getting their computer back and finding out that it's, it's uh, someone else. And so Melanie Linsky, who now we're seeing for the first time is like kind of getting a rush off of being like this aggressive, con- you know, combative, confrontive person. And so the guy's like, oh, I can just text it to you. She's like, no, write it down on, on paper. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that is me in a crisis. I'm like, I need this on a physical piece. I can carry around with me and keep safe. That is so tired. <laughs> and so they end up leaving. And right as they're leaving, Elijah goes back to take his throwing star out of the wall, which is like it's, that fake wood paneling. And so he's, it's super stuck. It's super stuck. And he pulls it out and he goes, that's how hard I threw it. <laughs> <laughs> and walked out. I was like, oh, that is so funny. Best line, yeah. <laughs> and that cuts right um, to a, a a camera angle that I'd never seen before, which is guy crouching on toilet from below. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we cut to um, who ends up ultimately being the thief. And he is, uh, what's the name for that? There's a the name Upper Decker. That. The upper decker. That's. I was yes. like, this is the first time I've ever seen that angle <laughs> cutting up to an upper decker, which is when you, it, not to work you blue, going but on. It, yes. you don't really know what's going on at first. You know, you have to piece it together. Um, I can tell by Mark's uh, confused yeah, expression. I, he's, he's I, I was not it. looking at the screen. I don't know what an upper decker is. I'm, I'm not looking <laughs> on <laughs> Googles for that. So um, it, an upper decker is a quote unquote prank in which you use the, the tank of the toilet, that back part, as the oh, yeah. receiving Oh, receiving uh, a container instead of the actual toilet and leave it in there. Wasn't there an episode of South Park all about upper deckers? I think probably. <laughs> I, or, 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 no, I think that was just uh, when they all took craps in the urinals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we that's how we're introduced to our new bur- the real burglar character who is is in the midst of robbing a house. Right. Oh, that was actually he was at a party. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a big house party, and oh, he sort right. of, you know, walks his way into this house party, mingles nonchalant, and and sneaks upstairs and uses that <laughs> as is his uh, entryway to to rob a house. Um, I'm surprised I've not seen that before in a movie. It seems like a really easy way to rob someone. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, what a what a thing that that sums up I don't even know how, but perfectly sums up a character in general, not that he just walked in to steal things during a party which is smart, but like to go and and poop in someone's <laughs> toilet like that, like in a way that is just purely like vindictive for no right. reason is just so And then the smile that he gives. Oh, is yes. So he creepy. his hair is styled um, kind of a jor, a, a early two thousands that short um, Eminem, Eminem bleached blonde, um, straight hair, and he looks into the mirror, and he looks exactly like the Joker. Yes, like yeah, like Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, yep. yeah, because his facial features kind of already do that. He looks like Jack Nicholson's son. <laughs> son. <laughs> Um, but that kind of leads me to a question because his hair is very, what I would say, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, Mark is playing that little scene. It's so gross. <laughs> there was another thing that happened later when Elijah Wood is using the computer to look up something. And he says um, he describes the Internet as um, just a bunch of ones and zeros connected in a binary web and like he's explaining the internet. Well, this movie came out in 2017, but then you also see him using one of the blueberry IMAX from the early 2000s. Well, so when she's, it, she's got a smartphone that she's pinging, you know, and, and so hers has a map on it. So he's just his character. He Wait just a minute. lives in the past. Yeah, but then why totally does our main villain look like an escaped member of like 98 degrees or <laughs> Because <laughs> he, I was like, oh, then it makes sense that for some reason this movie is set in 2003. But you're right. Well, they had a, fi- a, a laptop on, and a Find My computer. Yeah, 
He is on drugs, Todd. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, the the thief ends up, this kid ends up being the son of like this mega wealthy dude that we kind of meet in the third act. Um, but they kind of really, at what point do they do Elijah Wood and Ruth realize that, oh, they, they're told at that, at that meth house or whatever, that they're not the real thieves, but this guy is, but this guy is, but they don't know who that is. So they're at the, uh, Aurora, uh, mill or whatever, the greatest place on earth, what it looks like. And, and she recognizes his shoe from the extra tape that's on, that's on it from her casting. Yes. Cause she went there to get her silverware back or her, yeah, her yeah. grandma's silverware back. And he just happened to come in and selling some stuff to the proprietor, which is that one producer guy right. who is fantastic as crazy old man or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she notices him and tries to follow him out. Oh, that's where he has that weird dialogue where he's like, do you like music? <laughs> He does a, a just a great and then plays that weird actor. keyboard. Um, so she follows the shoe guy out, the main villain. Which what's his name? Do we know the main villain guy? In sync. Um, Should we just call him In Sync at this point? Call him uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> so just as so a Lance Bass uh, runs away, so she, uh, they're they follow him and. She, Melanie Linsky, Ruth still has, she took the silver and was just going to walk out of it because it's hers and she just wants it back. And she's kind of once again caught up in this adrenaline of like doing this quote unquote robbery or whatever. The old man follows her out and says, um, you can't, you're stealing that, you're stealing that and, and grabs Ruth by the shoulder. Ruth turns around with this big, big crate of silverware and clocks the old guy on the chin. Um, and that's when, so he falls to the ground, but then someone else pops in. Yeah. Yeah. Elijah Wood at that moment, like steps in and roundhouse kicks him. Yes. But that was after, no, wait, the old man who, and I don't want to reveal it because it was so shocking to me. Someone grabs Melanie Linsky or Ruth's hands and presses them together. It's the old man. It's the old man. Okay. Before. Oh, so she, yeah, I guess he doesn't fall down when, after getting hit by the, yeah, by the Elijah silverware Wood knocks, knocks him down. So the old man gets hit by the crate, grabs Ruth's hands and you don't really see what they do until Ruth you holds up her finger though. And one of them is just going like horizontal from the hand. And it is such a horrifying like body horror reveal in a movie that like so far has not been overtly violent or anything like that. You're expecting to see that. Yeah. And then Elijah Wood kicks him in the face. But in doing all that, they let Justin Timberlake uh, get away. His name is Chris- well, Christian. His character Christian, is Christian in this movie. Okay. I'm so y- sorry. You you just glossed over like uh, how disturbing and disgusting her finger was. Yeah. Well, I thought it was almost more disgusting. What happened to the old man getting kicked in the face. Right. Didn't his like, uh, oh. was he the character whose teeth came out? That was a, de- that was a different guy, a guy who's, who lost oh. his dental plate. You're right. You're right. That yeah. Was, yeah. I'm, I'm getting no, but I mean, even that kick to the head was like, done in such a like a visceral way like not a hollywood and i noticed that about the bullet uh the bullet sound effects in this movie too yeah were popping like the yeah. real life popping noises you would hear from a gun instead of like hollywood they weren't over the top yeah <clears throat> so that was really cool yeah i just wrote down that finger thing so she goes <laughs> oh it's so horrifying well after he gets kicked um we don't see him get up so we he might viewer, be dead like, we don't know if elijah would just kill him. i thought yeah i thought for sure well i thought she killed him with the sil- hitting him in the face with the silverware or whatever but then melanie linsky gets bandaged up and they give her some pain medication and they wander elijah wood takes her to a church and they're playing the song which i did not know it was a song i i I have to look back at the title. I don't feel at home in this world anymore (laughs) is apparently an old timey song that I'm not cultured enough to know, but it was really neat because she kind of walks in, in this kind of drug uh, pain haze 
and the music is playing and the pastor is lip syncing to the song, but not in a way that's like it's a music video. It looks like he is giving a sermon, but his his voice or his lips subtly match the song, which is also kind of playing in the background, which I thought was really, really a neat, a neat that's little cool. effect. Yeah. Yeah. We it it is revealed too, not revealed, but throughout this movie, Ruth has a car and it's an old like Transan T top. Yeah. And I couldn't make heads or tails of why her character would have that car. It just seemed like such an oddly specific, not like it's an old Honda or whatever. It just was such a specific choice that I couldn't quite suss out how <clears throat> she would be in possession of that. Not that she can't, but it's not like right. she was a gearhead or, and it was an old car and a bit of disrepair. And I, I bet her actor's secret is that her I, dead father had a trans that, that passed like, on to her. She, she wanted Camaro hair. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, yeah. I guess there's no reason for that. Uh, speaking of hair, um, who wants to take Elijah Wood's haircut in this? Who, no offense, Brian kind of looked a little bit like yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I started watching this movie with Sarah, and when Elijah Wood was uh, introduced, uh, I turned to her and I said, don't get any ideas. <laughs> yeah, so he has this very interesting haircut where it's it's uh, he's got a long, like, rat tail, but kind of short on the side. It's, it's, a, it's a, another interesting choice that fills out the character but and not knowing why he has that is just is just fine i guess that's just how he is and that they uh, we talked about it being kind of aggressively not portland i did notice one of the police badges said bureau of police and did (laughs) not have any location on it (laughs) um i you know to me it felt simultaneously the most and least portland movie that we have watched really because because it was filmed in like these neighborhoods and these really more nondescript locations that I still recognize. Um, and just the the houses and the fact that there was crime going on, it it totally felt Portland to me. Well, you guys will have to build the map this time because I recognized nothing. I thought maybe I saw a Hebo park sign, but I couldn't even be sure of that. Um, so let's detour for, for just a second on, uh, locations. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the beginning of the movie, she is having a conversation with uh, the director of the movie. The writer of the movie makes a cameo. Oh, wow. And he was great. In the bar. Uh, and the bar that they're in is the Sandy Hut. Okay. Yeah. yeah they were thanked yeah. in the in the credits. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. At the, in the beginning montage of, of things being terrible for her, she's sitting at this bar um, next to this guy and they kind of strike up a conversation and the guy notices that she's reading some sort of fantasy fantasy book and is like book two in the series or whatever. And the guy's like, oh, I love that and this and that. And oh, can you believe that so-and-so is so-and-so's father and like makes this big spoiler and just <laughs> walks away. And yeah, he was great. Macon Blair. Macon Blair. Um, there was no front license plates which made this not Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that made it uh, well, most. What's weird is that um, Virginia uh, requires front license plates too. Oh, funny. So <laughs> if, if they were trying for this to be in Virginia, they should have, you know, also had front license plates. <laughs> Someone didn't do their due diligence. The thing that made it most Portland for me is the scene where um, our main thief, Justin Timberlake, um, goes into the woods and meets up with this like hippie chick and this older guy and the older guy buys um, buy some of his stolen goods I think and the old guy just starts smoking meth and I'm like oh finally something Oregon in this movie <laughs> we've got meth smokers <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget who said it oh so we're to the point in the movie it's kind of the third act and that's when we're into the um Elijah Wood and Ruth are still tracking down Justin Timberlake and they want uh, want to find him. They figure out his name, Christian something or other, and they go to his house, which I would love to know where this house is because it was one of the most beautiful houses I think I've ever seen in my entire life. There's a It's used in the show Grimm as well. Mm. Uh, and so uh, people... Oh, so then someone for sure to, will know. Yeah. 
Um, and so they go in or they knock on the door. They had bought um, Ruth had gone to the store and bought some Fruit Loops that had like a free police badge in it type thing. So she grabbed that. They show up this house and knock on the door and this wonderful um, rich housewife comes to the door and I don't know who this actress is, but she is phenomenal. Just this beautiful woman, but like the ultimate bored, rich housewife. And so they're like, we're from the police. We need to talk to you about Christian. And she says, okay, come on in and starts talking to him and just like chatting with him. They sit on the couch. Um, Ruth and Elijah Wood start questioning her about, you know, her husband, what they think is her husband, Justin Timberlake, but ends up being her stepson and the son of the rich uh, owner of the house, uh, whose name I don't know, maybe also Christian, I guess, um, who then comes in and says, like, why are you talking to them? They're not police. And she's like, I, I know, know I'm bored. <laughs> And she was so funny as this character who just like wanted anything to happen in her life that wasn't just like pouring Chardonnay at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Let's see if I can play this or not. Well, some would say that's all he has. Yeah. Oh, she's so perfect. And it's. Yeah, she's so funny. So kudos to her. She was really, really good. Um, so the rich, the rich, um, the, do, do we know his name? The rich guy? Is his name Christian too, just like yeah. his son? And that's, okay. yeah. that's why they. Okay. The uh, mix right. up. Yeah. And we're looking for a Christian. Son, uh, and she's like, oh, well, he's not here right now. But, uh, uh, and. Oh, well, you're talking about my son. Yeah. Who knows where he is? My stepson. Stepson. So Christian Sr. then comes in and sits down um, with Ruth and Elijah Wood. And they start, uh, Ruth starts confronting him saying, you know, your son stole this and it's not right and blah, blah, blah. And so Christian Sr. is like, well, fine. Well, what do you want? Money? And she's like, I don't want to be paid off. And Christian goes, well, what do you want? And she goes, for people not to be assholes. <laughs> like that's been, she could mention that at the beginning too. She's like, everyone is just an asshole. And now that you mentioned falling down, that like totally makes sense. I can go into your mix of how to describe this movie. Brian is falling down, meets <laughs> something, something or other. Yeah. Um, so they end up leaving um, because they don't know. I mean, the guy's like, well, I guess I don't know what you want. So just leave. And as they're leaving, um, Ruth, they have these like big, huge lawn ornament yard things like made out of sticks that are like life size giraffe and a, and a donkey and or the horse. And so she grabs one of them and like shoves it into her car. And I just love the impotent, that impotent feeling of like rage toward some someone that doesn't has too much money to care and you just want to do something <laughs> and you just steal something. But then I like how Elijah Wood was like, it's not right that you did that. Even though it was like just a stupid lawn ornament or whatever. So that was pretty hey, great. Hey Todd, how, or how old do you think her character was supposed to be? <sighs> That's a good question. Cause I did. The housewife. I, oh, the housewife. Oh, the housewife, um, yeah. how old she was supposed to be. I don't Maybe late 30s early 40s That's what I was to say okay or probably a character I, that was late 40s really trying to pass as late 30s because as a rich you know housewife or whatever yeah i, I was thinking late 40s okay and, and uh i just happened to look her up on imdb and uh talk about one of those things that makes you feel old she is younger than i oh my <laughs> gosh that's so funny i know i had to look at melanie yeah. linsky and elijah wood to see how old they were in relation to me and i'm kind of in the middle of both of them so they they are also of a similar age but um well who wants to this is where i get a little foggy because I only watched it once and everything happened fast and I was trying to write things down. So who wants to walk us through this climactic third act and what happens? Um, I'm, uh, I'm rewatching it now and I don't really get all it the happened really. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Okay. So they, they leave the house. Um, 
the, the Christian senior um, arrives on the scene and basically tells them to f off. Um, and uh, on their way out, you know, and this is this is when um, uh, Ruth says that she just wants people not to be an asshole, um, and so that breaks something in her psyche and on her way out as a vindictive act she steals uh, a piece of art from their yard that is a uh, giant tiger yeah that's it <laughs> and uh, she puts that in the car and elijah was telling her like no no please don't please don't and and she takes the tiger and then off they drive um and then uh i know that they get back to the house um, and I'm trying to, oh, I, yeah, she get, okay, okay. So, um, this whole time, um, that they are at the house and she steals the tiger, uh, we cut to Christian Jr. Uh, in his van and they are watching them leave and, uh, they, uh, are like, okay, these people seem to be like following us around and now here they are at my house or my parents' house and they, they just, stole uh, the tiger like we have to like kidnap this woman and, and find out what's going on so they, they track her back to her place um and then christian jr like walks into her house to confront her um and she instinctively grabs the nearest heavy object she can find which is the plaster cast that she had made of the footprint oh and wings it at christian jr and at first i thought it slit his neck and he was gonna like bleed out um yeah but it like crushes Crushes. his windpipe that was so and i couldn't figure out i thought i couldn't figure out what was in the bag because i didn't trace what i thought it was frozen like a frozen beef thing that you buy and (laughs) because she set it down on the counter in a bag he was his windpipe was crushed by a plaster and another footprint And just another super visceral body horror thing that you don't really see in movies, like something yeah, yeah. like that happening. And he's just clutching at his throat and like choking and he freaks out and runs into the street. And yeah, he's clutching his throat because he can't breathe and he's like running around like a, like a madman. And as he's stumbling in the street, he wanders into the intersection where he is blindsided by a city bus. <laughs> he is just, <laughs> just mowed down. He goes flying. That was, probably on, that was probably on Chaplin Avenue. We all know how bad the buses are there and how hard <laughs> it is, how easy it is to get hit. <laughs> um, so that, the, okay, he, he's down on the ground, probably dead. Um, that spurs uh, his two co-conspirators, the the old hippie guy, the old guy, the, the hippie girl. Um, they now um, kidnap her, uh, Ruth. They they uh, drag her into the van, um, and they they put a gun in her hand. And uh, when, when she wakes up um, now with a big gash in her forehead, they tell her that like, okay, you're responsible for Christian's death. We were just about to rob his parents. Now you have to step in his shoes and you have to help us rob uh, his parents. And th- they hold her at gunpoint um, to do this. So she basically has no choice. So then they go back to the uh, Christian's house um, with, with uh, uh, Ruth knocking on the door and then they let her in. Um, and then this is uh, when I feel like this last scene was the one uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Yes. Um, let's see if we can remember everything. This is like the, we're going to need the Zapruder film to like walk (laughs) through how all of this happened because yeah, it does happen so fast and it is full of that more of that visceral body horror where you're like, usually in a shootout like that, it's easier to follow because you're like, Oh, everybody gets shot by a gun because that's what happens in movies. But like, I felt the way this one kept unfolding was just, just that oddly horrific thing that like I couldn't recover fast enough in between things to like really track no, what was, was going on. It, it felt like reservoir dogs or, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well um, let's, yeah, Brian, why don't you try to reconstruct it? Walk, walk the okay, jury through okay. what happens. <laughs> let's see. Okay. So they, they go into the house and, um, uh, housewife, and uh, Christian Senior's bodyguard are there, uh, but not Christian Senior himself. Um, I think he's upstairs. So um, they uh, 
Oh, okay, oh nice. Mark brought it up so we can. So yeah, they yeah. they at first take the gun away from the security guy, which we has been built up as as the guy who keeps everyone safe. So they take his gun away and kidnap the wife and then the security guy. Yep. Um, and then so they make them sit on a couch, and then there is we never. I don't think we ever learn what the object is, but they they're looking to steal something very particular in the house. So um, uh, they keep calling it. Uh, so the father says, you think I keep, yeah, I, I think you're right. But they also mentioned cash at the same time. So you think I keep that cash mm -hmm. here? Yeah. They uh, don't explicitly state it out, but I think what the father must've done some deal, got a bunch of cash. And then there's a secret compartment in the fireplace where there's like a safe. And so they yeah. keep saying, let's go to the fireplace. Um, the, and so the wife calls up to the husband for him to come down because he's up sleeping one off, as she says. Um, so he's coming down the stairs, but kind of like figures out that something weird is going on. So Christian Sr. grabs a gun and starts slowly kind of walking down this hallway. At the end of the hallway, the hippie girl, who is armed with an antique shotgun that was found yes. in a swamp for some reason. What was that all about? They they purchased that gun. They they did show a scene where they purchased that gun from like an illicit uh, gun drug dealer. Oh. Um, and they made the comment like uh, because they showed that it was they had a close up on the gun when they bought it. And it was you know looked rusty and stuff. And then they they said something like, uh, "Was that is that the best we got?" He's like, "Yeah, for your money, you should be lucky." Um, yeah, and they were like, "It just so, you just need to look like you have a gun, basically." So, like, you, yeah. it's not like you're going to need it or whatever. But she, so she's hiding around the corner. The Christian senior steps out. I'm watching this in real time now. <laughs> steps out. The hippie girl blows off his hand and arm with this sh crazy shotgun. Guns are flying everywhere. You got to put this on pause, Mark. <laughs> it's, it's too much again. What I love is that the guy's hand gets blown off. We kind of see the reaction from the rest of the people in the room. Melanie Linsky, Ruth, immediately starts projectile vomiting in the corner because she's just a normal human being. And of course somebody would because like you've just seen and like she's... So like there's all the scuffle with the guns. The security guard ends up getting shot by the old crystal meth guy. Um, Melanie Linsky is still throwing up in the background. So now we're at another standoff because old hippie guy um, has the gun and is, is now pointing it towards... I just love this freeze frame of <laughs> vomiting. Um, so yeah, what? Where does it go from here? Um, so they, uh, Christian Senior's down with a blown off hand. The old meth guy has the gun and is now ordering him to <laughs> step by step watching this movie. And then, but then there's a a magic moment where the the hero prevails. <laughs> Well, it's first they check. Up. Yeah, first they check the fireplace, and there's basically nothing in it. I think there's a small, like a tiny gun in it that that they take. But the the money that the two robbers think is there is clearly not. So, oh, geez, lots Louise. more, lots more blood. But but uh, our 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 hero comes with a ninja star. And oh right, Elijah Wood comes. Elijah in. Wood comes and she's Louise. And, okay, uh, you got to stop it again here. Okay. <laughs> it's too much information. I'm overloaded. So, yeah, they look in the fireplace. There's nothing there. Elijah Wood comes in and, th and throws a star. Somebody must have freaked out with the gun because it blows the hand off. This has, like, the amount of blown off hands is, like, a Star Wars movie. Because well, now that... I, did you see the Evil Dead remake? Yeah, but I don't remember a whole lot from it. Uh, okay, so Hippie Girl is the main girl from Evil Dead Remake. Oh, funny. Um, and she cuts off her hand in that movie, and she gets her hand blown off in this movie. Yep. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. So, yeah, her hand gets blown off. The guns fly. Um, they turn around and see Elijah Wood there. Hippie Girl runs over to Elijah Wood with a switchblade and, like... 
repeatedly keeps stabbing him in the st- Elijah Wood in the stomach like 50 times. Elijah Wood falls over. The and, mom, I couldn't figure out though why Melanie Linsky this whole time has not also tried to run away. Because there's like lots of times where they're just kind of hanging out and she could just like run away through the door. Barfing. She's too busy throwing up. But I did love the shot of the rich housewife like running perfect off. athlete runner practice stance <laughs> bolting down the street like a marathon runner. So wow, this time I'm not the only one no. that has trouble remembering the ending yeah, of a, a lot. movie. And, and so they they go across the lake and there's a oh, chase. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So and, from here, yeah, from here it's fine. So they they escape the house. Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood. Um, Elijah shot and passing out. They jump into a rowboat. The older meth user bad guy is chasing after um, them with a gun. They row across. The guy with the gun ends up finding a speed, like a boat with a motor. He gets across. Melanie Linsky is running through, leaves, I believe, Elijah Wood just like in the forest and then starts running on, uh, running on her own, trying to escape. Um, she falls in this little pond. There's a snake in it. And then she hides behind a tree and finally, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, am I skipping something? Well, yes. Let's talk about the snake. Okay. Um, okay. So the snake that they show, um, the first time you see that snake, it is clearly a cotton mouth. Uh, it is a pit viper. It is a venomous snake. Um, Yes, there you can tell it has yes. a triangle. Listed head. in the credits, it's like his name is Rocky or something like that. <laughs> um, you cl- I, So I don't know if this is a trained cottonmouth or if it's a defanged snake, uh, but it clearly swims right past her. Yeah. Um, I thought that was uh, uh, scary for someone uh, who knows reptiles and uh, used to live with these things in Virginia. Yeah. Well, it did. Oh, this is another Virginia, <laughs> a Virginia accurate moment in this movie. It does swim yes. right past by her, and it, he does he does get his own credit. So it wouldn't surprise me uh, if well, it, this was a specialty trained snake, as much as you can train snakes. Hmm. But so she, Melanie Linsky, ends up hiding behind a tree. The bad guy catches up with her. There's a back and forth. She's throwing rocks at the guy. Um, does she kill him? Um, no, she gets him into the pond with the snake, right? Oh, the, yes, yes, yes. How could I forget ultimately the snake kill, callback? Kill him. Chekhov's snake that shows up in the third act only to be used in the third act about 10 minutes later. So yeah, the bad guy falls into the water and is attacked by the snake. There's a, a couple more horror shots of like the snake attached to his face, um, killing him. Then Melanie, uh, Ruth looks off in the forest and sees kind of a, a ghostly apparition of her grandmother, who she's been searching for grandma's silverware this whole time. So kind of a full circle moment uh, there. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, then there. Oh, and then we kind of get a, you know, five months later or something. I don't think it says a specific amount of time, but it's clearly time has passed and you are seeing Melanie Linsky's sister and brother-in-law are in this movie too. And I couldn't figure out, there was a lot of tension between the brother-in-law and Ruth and they never really explain why it's like set up that like they hardly talk and like, Oh, she's over here again. And she's telling you this. And I couldn't quite figure out what the whole deal with them is. But at the end they're having a party and they're kind of talking about, you know, this too shall pass sort of thing. And Melanie Linsky looks over and we see, Elijah Woods surrounded in this like this beautiful halo of light and we think we're getting like the he's all you know this is he's dead or whatever and then it like it it pans out a bit and he's just in front of the setting sun like doing a barbecue (laughs) he's like making hamburgers and it was such a funny reveal to me that he was not dead from all the stab wounds but (laughs) there he is cooking his steak up so I thought that was that was pretty funny. It, it felt weird to me that the ending um, to me felt like one of those uh, things you would see where um, the, it's like, the, oh, the Internet theory is that uh, they were all dead at the end. Yeah, um, I had a question. It felt almost a little too happy. 
It, it did. It was a little pat. I there was, and, and now I don't remember what she said. I had a question at the very end here from this scene. Why did the wife say it wasn't them? So did did, did her sister oh, oh, say oh, something oh, oh. like that? What does that mean? Yeah. yeah. So there's that scene where. Um, housewife is talking to the police identifying the people who robbed her yeah and they the girl and the guy and then she chooses not to identify ruth what was that a oh i thought she was saying no to like all of them but just to ruth she was like no she yeah. wasn't part of it okay because they were showing like the mug shots of of the meth guy and the hippie girl and i thought that's when she was like nope wasn't them and i was like well that's a strange choice to say these weren't the people that killed everyone in a hail of gunfire in my living room. Um, let's see. So yeah, that kind of brings us to the end. Oh, Chaplin, Virginia. So the, uh, uh, the, 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 it's supposed to, the town is supposed to be called Chaplin. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Wow. They, I just couldn't believe, yeah, the whole road sign they replaced cause it was huge enough for me to notice it <laughs> from a moving car. Um, so yeah, that that is the end of I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Any any further uh, further thoughts? Um, I thought it was one of the best films that we have watched in this podcast, hands down. Yeah, I agree. I was like, is this at the top of my list now? And it, it's at I would at least think it's at least the top five. I don't know if I can yeah. bump Train Master off my list. <laughs> we love Train Master. <laughs> there and were some Grandpa. funny uh, uh, in in the end credits. They had um, one of speaking of the snake. The credit for Creepy Raccoon went to oh. Hero. Hero the Raccoon. Hero was, the Creepy was Raccoon. Was in the Aurora store. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. They called him the creepy, the creepy raccoon. <laughs> um, Judas Priest, Mississippi Records, Aaliyah Shawcott, uh, Sam's Billiards, Sandy Hut, Saxon, something called Saxon, are all in the special credits, which um, looked like it was a list of people, supporters, or people who donated money or something like that. So it was a uh, interesting to see Judas Priest next to Sam's Billiards and Sandy Hut for some reason. <laughs> Um, but yes, an excellent, an excellent movie. Another Yay. outstanding performance by my sweetheart, Melanie Linsky. Um, she always, she's one Did of those actors. Go ahead. Oh, I was just asking if she had come up in this show before. I, I seem to remember us talking about her. I think so. And we just talked to her, uh, about her on the uh, Mark and Todd cast. Cause there was that story of her tweeting about Portland lately. Um, but yeah, oh, ch yeah, yeah. chances yeah, are I have right. mentioned, I have mentioned right. her before her and Kate Winslet. That was, that was it. Who I've always had a crush on. And that's Kate Winslet is also in heavenly Creatures. So if you haven't seen heavenly creatures too, go check that out. So put that on my list, put that on your list right after, he won't get far on foot and we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the Unipiper is anything coming up this spring for you. Are you blooming around town anywhere? <laughs> um, I, I will of course be at the uh, return of the uh, Rose festival and the starlight parade this year. Um, and uh, we, I do have some exciting news um, coming very soon, but uh, I just can't talk about it quite yet. Okay, yeah, I was, uh, was going to ask about that, Big but yes, keys. stay yeah. tuned for that. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Fun Employment Radio, where you can hear this show and Geek in the City, and of course, Fun Employment Radio five days a week. Mark, is there anything that you would like to impart to the listeners before <laughs> we go? No, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. This has been a good... Good, uh, good episode. A good experience watching a Portland at the movie. Who knew? So thank you for everyone listening. Um, check out the map at portlandatthemovies.com slash map. Um, and we, uh, I believe we still might have an email address, even though our Facebook page was taken down. We uh, try to try to email us. See if that works. Yeah. Drop us a movie suggestion. Portland at the movies at gmail.com. Um, and you can actually, at You can uh, leave comments on our posts too, I think. So go ahead and do that if you have a suggestion or if you worked in the movie or know of a location that I don't, uh, let me know. But other than that, we'll take you out with, oh, maybe I'll just play a little bit of, um, I do not know. I, I don't feel. I do not feel at home in this world problems. anymore. So thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures and my hopes are all beyond the blue. For 
many friends and kindreds have gone on before, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Over in glory land, there is no dying there. The saints are shouting victory and singing everywhere. I hear the voice of them that I have heard before, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, oh, Lord, what would I do? Angels begging me 